Well, it's it's a good thing. Well, it's too bad that I'm not speaking tonight because I'd make sure you folks are out of here by 8 o'clock anyway so you could hear the program. And uh, wah-wah, wah-wah. Now, I've already said we're praying for you, Ms. Bloom. We're, we're praying for you. And I did notice that Milan, as he's upstairs, nobody was seated with him. And uh, he had to move over. He moved over so he could be with people. And, uh, brother, I'm praying for you as well, okay? But, you know, God is good, and, and He watches over us, and He takes care of us, uh, really, no matter who we are, whether we're rich, poor. And if you're rich, I'd like to see you after church. I've I got some things to discuss with you. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, if you would. And we're going to read one verse there and uh, speak just a, a little on that verse, and we'll see how that ties in with what I'm going to speak on today. And... Uh, uh, while you're turning there, may I say that uh, I'm pleased and proud once again. I don't mean proud in the sense that I'm puffed up or anything, but I am, I am really honored to be able to stand behind the sacred desk once again. And I remind you there's nothing holy about this wood. Uh, it's, it's simple that, uh, simply put that this is a place uh, where the Word of God goes forth. And I'm, I'm humbled today to be able to bring to you the Word of God. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech. Uh, several people, many people in this world are not listening to the Lord today. They have not heard God speaking. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I believe that if you go back and you study about great revivals, you'll see that many of them started because of something coming into the world that uh, was dangerous or uh, we'll say that took people's lives such as a plague, uh, earthquakes. Uh, I even heard one time, I believe it was back in the 1920s, and I wasn't born back then, I don't know, I just read about it, but in, in the 1920s or sometime ago, uh, even people before they uh, got around a lot, they saw the northern lights and, and they didn't know if the Lord was coming and they flooded into the churches. Well, I believe uh, possibly maybe God is, is letting us see that you and I, as the children of God, need to stay close to Him. We need to be praying for this lost and dying world, helping them to understand that they need Jesus Christ right now. And maybe revival's coming. We don't know. We know that God is still in control, and whatever happens... I am uh, happy to report to you that God never changes, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still going to take care of us. He's still going to be here. Oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Uh, you and I don't need to be afraid as such as we think of the word afraid. We need to reverence God. We need to uphold Him daily as the children of God. But the people who have never trusted Him as Savior, you need to be afraid. You need to understand that uh, you, there, there is not much separating you from eternity. And uh, if you do not get saved, there's a devil's hell waiting for you. Many people don't like to hear that word hell. It's hell where the worm dieth not. I was afraid. Oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. And I believe that's one thing that you and I need to be praying for today as saved people is that God would revive His people, that we would get serious with Him and do His will in the midst of yours make known. In wrath, remember mercy. We need to remember that God in His wrath 
Now, I don't believe God has sent this sickness into the world. I believe he's still in control. But I believe that he allows certain things to get people's attention. But we need to be praying in wrath, Lord, remember mercy. Have mercy on people of this world. Our country is in terrible shape. Our world is in terrible shape. But God is still on the throne. And I'm happy once again to report to you that he still is serious with him. That's just a prelude to something that... Uh, Brother Bloom calls it a rabbit track. He didn't know how he got there, but he's, he, had a ha- he had a good time getting there. But uh, this is something that you and I need to take serious. There are, there are several appointments we make in life. Some appointments can be very important to us, while others maybe are not so important. Well, some appointments we keep, and some appointments... We break. Whether you realize it or not, you have two appointments with God that you will keep. These two appointments with God you will keep because you have no choice in the matter. You don't have a choice. How do I know? The Word of God tells me so. On the other hand, there's another appointment with God that he has scheduled. He schedules it, but it's up to the individual to keep that appointment. How do I know? The Word of God, the Bible, tells me so. Now today I'd like to speak to you for the next few minutes about your three appointments with God. Now, similar messages may have been brought over from this pulpit in times past. Brother Bloom has made a statement. He's not looking to the past. He's looking to the present. He's looking to the future. And as we think back, this still, whether you've heard it or not, this still applies to each of us today. Three appointments. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask you now for the power that that you've promised, power of the Holy Spirit, Not my power, but your power, Lord. I pray that as it goes forth today, your word, that it would speak to our hearts. And it would speak to that soul nearest hell today. That that person would realize there's there's not much left. Lord, you're willing. You're willing to accept that individual who will come to you, faith believing that you are a rewarder of them who diligently seek you. Now, Father, bless this time we have together, and may I say what you would have me to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Three appointments. Well, the first appointment, and you may have guessed this, the first appointment that you have with God is in death. That first appointment you cannot get out of. It's death. My wife cannot die for me. You cannot die for me. I must die for myself. You must keep the appointment of death. The appointment must be kept. Why? God says so in His Word. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible tells us about the first man. 
The Bible tells us that uh, God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And I believe, once again, as you study the Word of God, that you will find out that when this breath of life leaves any individual, it returns to the giver. You mean that every person is going to be saved? I didn't say that. The only way the real person will get to God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.27 says, As it is appointed unto men once to die. There's no getting out of death. It's going to happen. Now, you and I who name the name of Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're looking for the upper taker. We're looking not for that undertaker, but the upper taker, the one who's going to come back and say, Come up hither, and we will be caught up together in the clouds. But did you know that this body still has to die? Now, I don't think it's going to be the same as if we are here, and if I would die right now, I think it's going to be a little different because it's going to happen so quickly when we go up. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. The body must die in order to receive that new body like our Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 14 says, We must needs die. And as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again, neither doth God respect any person. It makes no difference who you are. That appointment will be kept. Yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. Well, preacher, don't you think that there's a lot of mistakes in this book? Don't you think, don't you think that uh, uh, God has, uh, you know, you said everybody's going to die. Wasn't there people in the, in the Bible who did not die? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Now, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 38 just for a few moments. Isaiah chapter 38. Now, in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 38, we read of a man by the name of Hezekiah. King Hezekiah, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, he's the prophet now, and the son of Amos, came unto him, came unto Hezekiah, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Well, did he die? Verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. He prayed. We talk a lot about praying, but notice what this man, how he prayed. Verse 3, And Hezekiah wept sore. He was serious with God. And verse 5 of Isaiah 38, what happened? Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days 15 years. Well, at that time, God gave Hezekiah a reprieve from death at that time. But there came a time when the death angel visited Hezekiah. We read about that in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 21. And Hezekiah slept with his fathers. Uh, that doesn't mean he got in bed with them and he had the feather pillows. Not. That means he died. And I believe that Hezekiah went to be with the Lord. There is no respect of persons. It makes no difference who you are. There's coming a time of death. 
God gave Hezekiah reprieve, but there came a time when he died. There is no reprieve from death. When the death angel comes for you and closes your eyes, there is no more opportunity to live in this life. Once the death angel comes for you, there is no reprieve. Once this life is over, it is over. You say, well, preacher, wasn't there somebody else in the Bible who didn't die? I'm glad you asked that. Yes, there were. There was two people who didn't die in the Bible. One, of course, was Elijah, and the other one was Enoch. You say, well, they got out of this world without dying. Yes, but they're coming back. I believe that in the book of Revelation, when we read about the two witnesses, now some will disagree with this, that's fine, they'll, they'll find out the truth when they get to heaven, but I believe that when these two witnesses, they will prophesy during the tribulation period for three and a half years, and they will tell people, you need to get things right with God, and, and people will hate them, the Bible tells us. And after that three and a half years, they will be killed. The Bible says that they are killed. They lay in the streets for uh, three days, three and a half days. I can't remember the exact time. They lay there, and people actually get to see this, and they make fun of them. But you know what? The Bible tells me that God raised them up. God took them up to heaven. But the point I want you to see is this. Nobody escapes death. No human being. You say, well, what about the little boy that went to heaven and came back? He saw his grandpa. He saw uh, someone he had never seen before, and he described that person. He knew uh, right off, and may I say this, that the, the devil is an angel of light. He's able to disguise himself and to confuse people and to let them believe that there's uh, a time, if you die, you're coming back to this earth. Once you're gone, you're gone. Unless you're saved. And then we come back with the Lord after we're raptured. We come back with him and we, we reign with him on this earth. It'll be changed. What about people who die and they say they come back? Not so. The Bible tells me so. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin so death passed upon all men for that. Why? All have sinned. I want you to notice something. All the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. All the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. All the days of Noah were 950 years and he died. And Aaron was 120 and three years old when he died. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. It makes no difference how old a person is. Uh, uh, young, middle-aged, old. The Bible says there's a time of death. You say, well, preacher, during this time of this plague or whatever it is going around, do you think it's wise to tell people about death? You better believe it. Because people had better take it seriously. Even if, this, even if this virus going around doesn't get them, death will. Well, when's it going to happen? When will death happen? Well, I've got news for you. It may be this year. You may die this year. Jeremiah chapter 28 and verse 15 and 16. 
Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust in a lie. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. You better not be speaking against God. You better not come up with things that, that defame the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This man did. And God said, this year thou shalt die. Well, when will death occur? It may be tonight. I remember reading in Luke chapter 12 and verse 20 about the rich man, uh, verses before that, how that he was so rich. He said, I've got so many goods, I've got so much, then I think what I'm going to do is tear down and build bigger. Some people now, they just rent a place, don't they? And they just put their goods there. They get a bigger storage building or whatever. But do you know what God said? God said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who's... Shall those things be which thou hast provided? When will death occur? Maybe this year. It may be tonight. It may be in the next moment. Job chapter 34 and verse 20. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight, and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. I've probably told you this before at one time or another, how that I was walking on the sidewalk in the city one day with a, with a uh, of all the people to walk with, this man was an undertaker. He was a mortician. But I was walking with him, and we were discussing uh, a service, and, and I said, you know, people just don't know how soon they're going to die. I said, it could be within the hour. He said, preacher, I got news for you. It could be this time right now. He said, now this was a mortician talking to me, and he's around death. He said, it could be right now that someone dies. It could be this moment. When I got home, that mortician called me. He said, Pastor, he said, I want you to know while we were talking, one of my best friends dropped dead. At the moment, we were talking. When I got, he said, when I got home, he said, I received the call. And they told me the approximate time that this man had died. He said, I bowed my head and wept. Because at that moment we were speaking, this man dropped dead. When will death occur? It may be the next step. First Samuel chapter 20 and verse 3. There is but one step between me and death. Say, did you ever notice how close you are to death? When you get in your car, did you realize you're, what, maybe 12 inches from death? It could happen. How many people go out into eternity in a car, seemingly safe in all that metal, but people are one step from death? Well, death should be prepared for. Why? James 4.14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. Prepare to meet thy God, Amos says in chapter 4 and verse 12. Prepare to meet thy God. Are you prepared today to meet God? Well, you have an appointment with God in death, but you also have an appointment with God in judgment. Everyone must keep this appointment 
Everyone must keep the appointment of death. Everyone must keep the appointment of judgment. Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die. That's mankind now, women. You don't get out of it. It's, you're included. It is appointed unto everybody once to die. But after this, what? The judgment. Why? Acts 17.31 gives us the answer. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world. The world means the people. Romans 14, 12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to whom? To God. Everything we've done must be faced. There is nothing hidden from God. God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. Now for the Christian... Christians will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Christians will not be judged as to whether or not they're saved. They're already saved or they wouldn't be at the judgment seat. This is for the judgment of Christians. This will be a time when their works, not them, their works will be judged. We get that mixed up sometimes. It's not the person that's being judged, it's the works that's being judged. Uh, God says that he has removed sin as far as the east is from the west. He's tossed it behind his back. And it used to be that old thing. That they said people couldn't reach behind their back. There's a certain spot back here. Well, that's the reason the Bible says as far as the east is from the west. And he's cast the sin behind his back. He couldn't reach it. Christians will not be judged as whether or not they are saved. Now, while they're on this earth, while Christians are here, while we are here, we have a responsibility and a privilege to be serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not out of uh, something that says we're going to get something. I do not believe that. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting something. But I believe that when a person gets saved, they need to serve God out of love. Why? Because He first loved us. And when we stand before Him at the judgment seat of Christ and prayerfully and hopefully we'll hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We'll say, Thank you, Lord. No matter how big or how small we view it, things will be different for us there. We won't view things the same way. And I believe the old saying, We'll crash the crowns at the Savior's feet. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, For we, that's safe people, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Remember works. 1 Corinthians 3.13 Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. That's the all-seeing eye of God. It burns away the dross. It burns away those worthless, worthless things that we do as saved people. It says, and fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. The all-seeing eye of God. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Salvation is not a reward. It's a gift from God. Now notice the white throne. The white throne of God. All unsafe people will appear before the great white throne of God. For the saved person, this is the judgment seat of Christ. For the unsafe person, everybody who has ever lived in this world, who has never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, 
they will appear at the white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Guess who this is? This is Jesus Christ. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You say, why won't we be there? I believe we'll be there, but it's not to be judged. We'll be spectators because we've been at the, we've been at the judgment seat of Christ. We've been through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. You noticed they're judged by their works. We receive rewards for our works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Names will be removed from the book of life. It's as if they never existed. No remembrance. They will be in the lake of fire. People who refuse to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is when you, who have never trusted Him as your Savior, this is when you will hear Him say, Unto them on his left hand, unsaved people. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There's no reprieve from hell. There's no reprieve from the lake of fire. Hell and death is cast into the lake of fire. Unsaved people are cast into the lake of fire because they have not taken God at his word. You should be prepared to meet God. Prepare. To meet thy God. After you go into a fine restaurant. Like Wawa. <laughs> and order a fine meal. And enjoy it. The bill comes. I don't know how Brother Booms. He's probably let his wife pay for it. The bill comes. <laughs> and you say. What? What? The bill? Uh. I was in a restaurant one time several years ago. Now, I've been in a restaurant since this. But as I was seated there, I, I couldn't help but overhear this young man. He was with his, I gathered his mom and dad, and they were seated there, and they were having a good time. They were eating a nice meal. And evidently, the young man, he was, he was the one who was going to pay for the meal. Well, the check came. And I never will forget the look on that young man's face. He, he, he was ashen. I mean, he just lost everything. He, he couldn't believe it. I, I mean, he actually grabbed himself like this. He couldn't believe it. And his dad, he, he just shook his head like that, and he reached over and got the bill. Folks, there's payday someday. For those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, He's already paid for us. He's already paid the bill. He's picked up the check. But for those of you who have never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you will pay for it throughout eternity. But it will never be paid off. Now you have an appointment with God in death. 
You have an appointment with God in judgment. And finally, you have an appointment with God in life. Those first two appointments you can't get out of. But God has made another appointment, but it's up to you to keep it. God has made this appointment for you, and it's up to whether or not you keep this appointment. I can't keep it for you. No one can keep it for you. Your wife, uh, your husband, your, your son, your daughter, uh, the preacher, me. No one can keep it for you. You must decide whether you want to keep this appointment or not. The Bible says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. He doesn't want any of us going to hell. He's appointed us unto salvation. Well, salvation, how is that? Well, that verse that I just read goes on to say, How? By our Lord Jesus Christ. You know something? This appointment should be kept right now. You shouldn't leave this building without keeping this appointment. If you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, now's the time. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. It's in his book. It's right here. If God is made in life, then Jesus has been received. When Jesus is received as personal Savior, then shall salvation be obtained. We can face the other two appointments with God without fear if we accept this appointment. God says, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. It goes on to say, Acts 17.30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. That's actually your appointment. He wants you to keep that now. He doesn't want you to wait. He wants you to come now because you need to be prepared to meet God. And my question to you today is why wait? Why not get that settled today? And then you don't have to worry about death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The victory is in Jesus Christ. You don't have to worry about those things, death and hell, all of that. Once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you stand with me with your heads bowed?